And this morning, um, we're blessed to have with us, and it's cool how God works, because um, God had placed Project Rescue on uh, Pastor Tara's heart, and so we'd started doing this. And it was shortly after that I got an email from Crystal uh, mentioning that she was going to be a missionary uh, that's going to France, working with this particular organization or with this particular ministry within the Assemblies of God. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, We were able to work it out that she could be here on a fifth Sunday. And so Crystal has come up from Kansas. What part of Kansas? Because Russell, Kansas. I don't know. Mike's from Kansas, so he probably knows where that's at. Uh, Anyway, uh, so she's from Russell. She came up here this morning. Uh, She's just going to share her heart and what God's stirring in her. Uh, God's called her to be a missionary, just like he's called Josie to teach. And so as she's heard the call of God, she's now responding to the call of God in her life. And we have an opportunity the church to hear what God is doing and to partner with her through prayer and finance in, in, in getting to accomplish the plans that God has laid out for her life. So, Crystal, we thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, we look forward to hearing what God has placed upon your heart, and uh, I'll give you the service. Thank you so much, Pastor. It's really great to be with you all this morning. Um, I'm going as a missionary to France to learn, capital L, capital E, capital A, capital R, capital N, learn how to help with Project Rescue, and they want to start a site in Paris. It hasn't started yet. So that's, I'll explain the story. That is so cool about God moving you to be a teacher. That is brilliant. Um, When I was a teenager, I'm a teacher at heart too. That's what God made me in my core is I'm a teacher. And he takes you on this weird ride where you think teacher will be this thing and it is, then it changes. (laughs) But it's still teacher. So it's going to be great. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for all of your new beginnings and the healing and the power of God. I mean, God is alive. He's moving and he loves you deeply and intensely. Sorry, that was all free, and I'm excited for you. <laughs> France. France? France. France? When you hear, I used to be a school teacher. When you hear France or Paris, what pops into your head? Cheers. What else? Sorry, I was in Scotland for a couple of years. I got weird words. What else? What pops into your head when you hear, I'm not looking for anything. I just want to hear what's in you. Paris. France. Passion. Absolutely. What else? France. You betcha, baby. You got it. What else? What do you think of when you hear of France? What, love? What? You got it. Eiffel Tower. What else? What? Notre Dame. Right. And the hunchback swinging with the bells. What else? Anything else? I'm not looking for anything. I just want to hear what's in you. When you hear, I'm sorry, I'm a dialogue person. Anything else? When you hear of France or Paris, you think of? Rude, true, right? <laughs> God help me. <laughs> what? Art, true. They're so artistic over there. When we think of France and we think of Paris, these are typically the things that we think of. I'm learning there's more. Of course there's more. There's more to everyone in every country, right? Right. So what I'm learning is only 1% of France is evangelical Christian. That's from joshuaproject.net. That is the website that the Assemblies of God World Missions is using. 1% is Christian. They had little, you like history? I love history. They had a little something called the French Revolution back in 1789. They not only got rid of the king, what I've recently learned is they also got rid of the church and God. Well, to to be fair, the church was killing people. 
I mean, can you imagine? So they got rid of it all, but they threw out the baby with the bathwater, and they got rid of God and everything. So France is deliberately, on purpose, a secular nation. Like we say we have a godly heritage. They would never say that. They'd say we have a good secular heritage. That's how they identify themselves as a people. Also, I have learned um, that there are, according to Project Rescue, 20,000 sexually trafficked people in France. The weird people who enjoy math, here's the twist on that. 90% of those people are foreigners to that country. Adults, just connect the dots for me. They were taken from elsewhere. And they were sent to the city of love. You understand, adults? The enemy is out there destroying lives. But God is not sitting back and going, oh, well, he is in. He is a rescuer. He's a savior. And he is sending people with his love and his grace to rescue. Um, Also, I mean, have you heard in recent years, like half a dozen, the um, terrorist attacks that are going on in Europe? Crazy. Like what happened to a priest in front of his congregation? Trucks and weird things. The enemy is out there destroying. And again, God's not saying, ah, well, they had their little French Revolution. No, God cares. God cares about your neighbor who drives you nuts, and he cares about everybody. And he is going in and he's sending rescue. He rescued you, and he'll rescue them. So how did this whole French thing come up in my life? I have got to share this story with you. And this is the next slide. Um, I was in Scotland as a missionary associate. That's a helper missionary. Anybody whose God is moving in their heart towards missions, this is a great thing to do. You just go be a helper. It's great. So I was in Scotland in the city of Glasgow. Anybody with Scottish roots in them? I got some. Anybody else with Scottish roots? Yay. Kilts, all that good jazz. So um, I was there helping at a little church on the tough side of town in the huge city of Glasgow. And these are just fun snapshots. I mean, They have blood sausage with their breakfast as well as beans. I mean, craziness, absolute craziness. I loved it. Um, My apartment was on the top of a building that had no elevator. It was an old tenement. It was fantastic. It was great. Well, anyway, the bottom two middle pictures is the church, and I served there. And um, what I would do with my dog, she's in the corner right there, and she's out in the back seat of the car with the windows rolled down. Don't worry. It can rain in the car. It's no big deal. Um, I would go for walks in the city on my time off because I love walking. Anybody else walking is your bliss? It just makes me happy. And so I would walk with my dog and I would go into thrift stores because I'm a thrift store queen. And I went into these thrift stores and one time I saw this book for learning French. Now remember, I'm like, yay, Scotland through and through. Why would I want to go anywhere else? And I saw this book for learning French. And God speaks at the oddest times in our lives. You think you're just, you know, trip along, going to be a physical therapist and then wow you know he does these things and I was in this thrift store I saw this book for learning French and God says you're going to need that (laughs) okay you know I mean what are you going to do at that point you realize it's not from yourself it's from God what are you going to do so like fine buy the book you know the book's back there on the table please stop by my table sign up for e-newsletters take my missionary card it scares mice put it in your cupboard it works And so, anything, man, anything. So I bought the book for French, and I took it back to my apartment. My apartment. I took it back to my apartment, and um, I'm like, wow, French? Well, that's got to be French. So I told my pastor and his wife there in um, Glasgow, and one of them goes, oh, it's probably French-speaking Africa. I'm like, well, I'm God's girl. You know, he can send me where he wants. That's fine. Um, But still, I felt like that wasn't quite right. You ever get a sense where God's leading you, but you don't know the answer yet? Yeah, so 
a couple of weeks, literally, a couple of weeks later, I went to this, um, it's like a church of it. It's called Light and Life. And they would go into downtown on the street, or they would go into side rooms of pubs and invite lost people in, and they would pray for them and prophesy over them and pray for healing. And God would do beautiful things. Like God healed you, sister, in your feet. That's beautiful. And God would do beautiful things. And so I had a friend who was working at one, and I thought, well, I want someone to lay their hand on me and say, you're going to France. So I thought, I'll go. I won't say nothing. And, you know, kind of trying to manipulate God. You, You know what I mean, right? Okay, yeah, all the honest people in the room are nodding. And so I went to that. I didn't say a thing about France. Yeah, I know, right, brother? And so I, I, they prayed over me, and, they, and they, God did speak through them. And they said, Crystal, God wants you to know you can really hear his voice. Cheers. So, you know, but they said lovely things, other lovely things. It was a really amazing time. It was fantastic. So I went home, and as I was going back to my apartment, if you look across the street, which you cannot see, sorry, but there is a bus stop over there. It's a huge city. They literally had changed the sign on the bus stop while I was gone at the event. The new sign on the bus stop said, as I drove home that night, France is in the air, Air France. I think I can hear God speaking. (laughs) There's a point where you just have to start believing God, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to France. So I had to approach um, missionary leadership. Uh, I had to go to a missionary convention anyway. So I, I approached my leadership, and it's so embarrassing. Think about how this looks. I'm a Midwest girl. You approach leadership as a single American woman who says, I need to go to France as a missionary. You know, who's going to believe that? I don't even believe that. And so I approached Tim, and I said, Tim, I think God's calling me to France. So embarrassed, so embarrassed. And he goes, I'm not surprised. God's been giving me nothing but single young women to go to Paris and go to France. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I'm so embarrassed. He says, no, God is doing something. And it turns out that typical French Assembly of God, not all of them, but typical French Assembly of God churches don't like women to stand up and speak. (laughs) Whatever. So I am being sent to France. And so I spoke with him again later and I said, Tim, my time here in Scotland's ending. Where in France am I going? I got to sound intelligent in front of Americans. And uh, we talked about it at at that mission. You know, God will line things up for you. You think it's nothing going on. And he's like Rubik's cubing your life. The older folks, you know what Rubik's cubing. He's lining up the color over here because he's going to move it over here. At the missionary convention, I had met a missionary who was going from India to France, and she's with Project Rescue. I said that to Tim. He about flipped out. He goes, that's it. We need to start a site in Paris. Will you, Crystal, go to Paris and learn to work with Project Rescue, sexual trafficking? Yes. (laughs) You ever have that with God? I ain't never done that before, ever. Has God not done that to you? You're just trucking along doing your life loving Jesus, and all of a sudden he's asking you to do the impossible. And that does come to every Christian. Otherwise, you're dodging and hiding under a rock. I'm just saying. And you say yes. Not because of what you have inside of you, your skill set, your abilities, but it's who he is inside of you. Guys, you can do anything, the most impossible things. When God says go, go. Sorry, that was like my cheerleading you on. So anyway, that was freebie. So before I left Scotland, I went to Paris to look at it. 
to see that missionary and just to make some connections. Because I believe in scouting. I'm totally there. I'm more Geronimo than ooh la la, nine times out of ten. So I went to Paris, and I want to show you some, some pictures. The fir- next slide is, oh, Project Rescue, need to explain. Started in the 90s, 97, by David and Beth Grant, this is the background info, in India. They were in India as missionaries, and Beth was seeing the horrible trafficking going on. And she goes, God, give me a million daughters. I want to rescue a million women. And they have been rescuing people there ever since, and including other countries that's been growing, Bangladesh, I can't even say them all. India, Bangladesh, Tajikistan, Nepal, Moldova, Spain, and they're starting, God is pushing them to include Europe because Europe and America and Canada and Australia are the destination countries, adults, from the poor countries because that's where the money is. It's money. It's money. So now God is pushing them to go into France. They are in another town in France already, Grenoble, I think it's called. But now they want to start a site in Paris. So next slide. Here I went to Paris for four days to visit Joni. She'd only been there a couple of months. That's Joni. Hooray for single women missionaries. We are God's peculiar people. And that's, and that's me. Um, okay, put your imagination cap on. Here is the city of Paris with its suburbs. If you, when you include the suburbs, the total of the population is 11.8 million people. That is everybody in Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Just saying, okay? So it's this huge city, not, not just landmass, but population. And then there's a river that runs through it. It's called the River Seine. So if you fall in the river, you are in, just saying, just saying. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Okay, and then up on the north end of town is a hill called Montmartre. I mean, that's like where Van Gogh was. That's where the artists were. They went to paint your port. Um, Gene Kelly, American in Paris. Does that ring a bell for some of us? Okay, so it's up there on the hill. Montmartre in English means Mount of Martyrs. Okay, Christians have been killed there, just saying. And up there, that's where those pictures are taken. And we, we walked up there. It's really touristy, very cute. And I had my first French food. I ate snails. Hey, it's good. You put enough butter, garlic, and parsley on slugs, I'm sure it would be just fine because garlic, butter, and parsley covers over a multitude of sins, just like love. And so we were up there, and um, this picture on the right, we were, we were coming down the hill after the dinner, and um, that was very beautiful. I took that with my phone. I thought, oh, I've seen that in a painting or whatever. Um, but if I would have turned my phone just a wee bit to the, that's a Scottish word. If you need to say small in Scottish, it's wee, W-E-E. You can use that with your friends, wow them, whatever. But if you would have moved the uh, camera just a wee bit to the right, you would have seen the brick wall that's going down the side. Now, Paris has lots of graffiti. It was shocking. I'm like, Isn't this Paris? Isn't it supposed to be clean? I guess people just keep needing to express themselves. There was graffiti on the wall going down the side, and because that was the artistic end of town, it was very artistic graffiti, so it was well done. And so perverse, my eyeballs are still burning. Guys, there is this demonic stronghold of that, adults connect the dots there, that's stiff and strong and in your face, and no shame. It's intense there. Red light districts everywhere. Next slide. We went to the Eiffel Tower the next day. That was groovy. I, um, one of those people who like to touch things, that's how it feels real. Anybody else a tactile learner in the house? So we went to the Eiffel Tower, went through security, and I touched the bottom of it. That felt great. But while we were there, she goes, yes, I have learned recently, she's only been there a couple of months, that 
the Eiffel Tower area is where the high-end prostitution of the city takes place. That's the male prostitution. And so she kept telling me these things, and I'm getting horrified. But as I'm enjoying beautifulness at the same time, it felt very schizophrenic. Just trying to give you a picture of what I saw. Uh, statues all over the place, but I love that one because I feel like that's what God is asking us to do. She's, she can read French. She says it's from World War I, and it's called Angels of Mercy. And this applies to here. People who are broken and hurting, we are to go with the grace and strength of God and love them and to bring them to Jesus, to call out the dignity and the creativity and the purpose that God has placed in their hearts and lives, to love them. And so I feel like that's what God's asking us to do, angels of mercy. Next slide. Um, We were on the river saying, I didn't fall in because as you already have picked up in just a few minutes, I already am. And so um, we were riding on the boat, and um, it was great. There was lots of tourists, golden statues, like whatever. We went past the Notre Dame Cathedral, which is on an island in the river. That was groovy. I didn't know that. And as we were passing that Notre Dame Cathedral, see the arrow pointing to the little boat? It was a little blue police speedboat. That was cool. I've never seen a police speedboat. It goes, wah! As the American, I'm like, wow! And all the Europeans are very quiet. It's so embarrassing, I just want to say. And then a second one goes by. Wow, two blue police speedboats. That night on the news, Joni was watching. There were gas bombs in a car beside the Notre Dame Cathedral. Guys, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's not having none of that. He is in there. He's in the muck of it all. And he is fighting. And he is sending us to go in the midst of the yuckiness of it all and to love and with the power of him to change lives. God's not like, oh, well, we're in it. We're in it. So that was interesting. Next slide. So it was a city of opposites for me. I mean, it was the um, macaron cookies. Two bucks a cookie, but baby, buy one because they're so good. Just saying. Um, strawberry with fluffy feeling. It was great. But then it's the Moulin Rouge and Red Light districts, which were horrifying. So it's a city of opposites. I just wanted to share with you, for, as a scout, that's what I saw. Just a cursory sight of it all. But what will I be doing there? Well, next slide. God only knows. I mean, so many missionaries who it's their first time going on the field, you may think you're doing ABC, and it will be LMNOPQRS. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen next. But as best as I can understand, I'm going to learn. Joni happens to be a trainer for Project Rescue. Thank God. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn whatever my role is that God wants me to do to help give dignity back to these women and bring them into freedom. Freedom in the body, but also freedom in the spirit. So, God, use me. Please teach me. But secondly, i got to learn language and culture. Anybody speak a foreign language? I had two years of Spanish in high school, so I'm in trouble. So, i got to learn French. I mean, I, I have learned how to say I want a ham sandwich. You want to try? Je voudrais un sandwich du jambon. So, if you need it, I mean, I'll never go hungry. I'll just get sick of ham. But at least I can say that. But my first year, I mean, it's going to be... Language school for my first year there in Paris. I'm going to find, I think it's called Alliance Francaise. I got to learn a lot. But language, just the front doorstep. There's culture. Oh, guys, I learned so much about culture in Scotland, Glasgow, Scotland. If you're in Glasgow, here's a tip. You come up to someone's house and they don't have a doorbell and you want to go in, what would you do? Right? I did. 
After a couple of weeks, they said, Crystal, please stop. Only the cops knock. You have to flick the flap on the letter opener where they put the mail in. Like, ah, I've been terrifying people for days of all their past sins and illegal actions. So that's just Glasgow. Can you imagine what Paris is? So I've been trying to do my research on YouTube. It can be a good tool, by the way. And I have learned that they don't have a word for hug in their language except between a man and and a woman. Do you know how they honestly greet each other with affection? They don't hug. (laughs) If I go in there all American and go, hiya, baby, and you know, oh, dear God, I'm mauling them. So I've got to learn their culture as well as their language. It's not that I lose myself, but yet in a sense, I release. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Thirdly, um, I got to connect with the local church because we're family and we need each other. And I enjoyed Sunday school so much this morning. Y'all are family and you talk like your family and you care about each other and pray for each other like your family. That's family. And we need to connect with the family, the local church there as well. And um, somehow maybe through me they can learn to care for the foreign people that are in their country that they're probably scared of because of all the terrorist attacks, but who are being hurt. So maybe God can use me. But I want to go to the scripture now. And this is where I'm, this is the focus. Luke chapter 4. And you can go to that slide. Everybody grab your Bibles, grab your phone, wherever you get the word of God. Figure it out. Luke chapter 4. How does God feel about people who are trapped? How does God feel about people who are enslaved? What does he think about people who can't see clearly and they are abusing themselves or abusing others? How does God feel about those who do not have freedom? Luke chapter 4. I'm going to start with verse 16, but the focus is verse 18 and 19. So Luke chapter 4, it's verse 16. I'm trying to talk, give you time to get there. Luke 4, beginning with verse 16. And this is Jesus going back to his hometown to go to church. That's my American translation. So he's gone back to his hometown and he's going to go to synagogue. Let's watch what happens. Luke 4, beginning with verse 16. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. God, I pray that you would shoot these arrows true and clear to the very depths of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You got the picture of what Jesus was doing. He's going back to his hometown. There he was at church. They're like, oh, we remember. You You ever been back to your hometown? We remember you. We used to wipe your nose. You know how that works, right? So, oh, yeah, we remember Jesus. It was their culture. 
that men would take turns reading the scripture. Men, if that was your culture, y'all would be coming up here, <laughs> and you'd be reading scripture. That would be their culture. So they go, oh, Jesus, we remember you. We used to wipe your nose because, you know, Jesus had a runny nose occasionally as a kid. And so he would go, okay. And so he read. He, and by the way, you noticed it was a scroll? That weren't no book. That was like a toilet paper roll or a paper towel. He had to do this. Now, if you notice on the footnote of your Bible that it was Isaiah 61, it probably took him some time to get there, unless that was the reading of the day, just saying. So he gets all the way over there. He reads that. Then he rolls it back up, gives it back to that attendant guy, and he just goes and sits back down. But from the place of being seated, and that may have been culture too, I don't know, but from that place of being seated, from sitting down place, he goes... Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. What is? Everybody's eyes are fastened on him. They're gobsmacked. What is? What is? Let's look at it. Verse 18. First of all, I don't know about you, but I see the Trinity. First of all, it's Jesus reading it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. So this is from the Godhead to humanity. And that he is anointed and sent for what purpose? Good news to the poor. Why does that sound like to you? Guys, we can scoop people up out of a gutter, wash them up, give them haircuts, good jobs, make their kids look cute, make them sound smart and intelligent. But if we never tell them that Jesus Christ is the Savior that can save them from their sins, what have we done? We better be caring for their physical needs. Jesus was continually caring for their physical needs, but we better also tell them that they need the Savior, Jesus Christ. That is a two-pronged situation. We need to care for both. So first of all, good news to the poor, salvation. Second, there's so much more in there, but we'll just move on. Secondly, he's, he was sent, his purpose, he was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Now, I know that sounds like salvation too, and I bet you big money it is, but you know what that probably sounds like to the woman trapped in Paris in that room? Freedom. You know what it felt like for you when you felt so trapped and the enemy had talked you into a corner and it was hopeless for you and then someone told you about Jesus and what that meant for you? Freedom. Now, the enemy wants to say, ah, yeah, but God will puppet master you. You'll never be happy as a Christian. You'll always be these do's and don'ts. And he tricks you with these lies about legalism. When Jesus sets you free, baby, he sets you free. Eagle's wings. He compares it to eagle's wings. Guys, that's not slavery. That's coasting on the love of Christ. And yeah, I know there's discipline, and we'll get into stuff like that in a moment. But there is a freedom when you come to Christ. And those women need to know that too. Thirdly, I see that it's recovery of sight for the blind. Oh, I love how Jesus heals blind eyes in the Bible. My favorite is, okay, um, pretend, sweet sister here, you have blind eyes. No problem, Jesus says. I'm going to spit. I mean, you know. Cornea abrasion at that point, right? Mud and spit. I don't think this is a good combination. Do you ever feel like your eyes are stinging? Your life is stinging and you don't know why? I bet you God is clearing up your vision. Hang on, sweetheart. He's going to clear something up for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. God likes to have your vision clear because the enemy wants you to see a fact but come to the hopeless, heartless conclusion. That's not what God wants to do in your life. The fourth one is to set the oppressed free. You may say, oh, that sounds like freedom for the prisoners. I got another take on that. I love Jesus with all my heart. I really do. 
But I face a battle every day, I think most Christians do, where the enemy is whispering, throwing those little fiery darts of, it'll always be that way. Nobody cares. La, la, la. You know what I'm talking about? All those hopeless, meaningless, painful things that the enemy whispers into your heart and makes you feel like a, a pile of, you know what, on the ground. Jesus comes to bring you release. I think he gave us weapons for this. Lift your shield up. Shield up. When the enemy is throwing those lies into your mind, the enemy will tell you facts, but he will lead you to the wrong, hopeless conclusion. You get your shield up. Sorry, it feels like Wonder Woman. I don't mean it to. But you get your shield, you get your shield up, and you, that's the faith that you have in who God is and who he calls you out to be. And you believe him and you get your shield up. So when the enemy is throwing those fiery darts, those lies, you're not believing it. And then you can start pulling out your sword and doing a little hat job there on the enemy too. Not on people, on the devil. Um, just checking that one to make sure we got that straight. And then finally, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is not, oh, dear God, please help us make it through the last half of 2018. You know what? It's another year of the Lord's favor on your life. I know it hurts. I cry most days. I'm an emotional sort. But we don't give up. And we are clothed with the favor of God. And I'm a very uh, visual kind of gal. So, like, ladies, I have us with this nice long gown. Guys, you can have, like, a jumpsuit, whatever you need. But I'm saying that you walk into situations, but you are clothed with the favor of God. And because of who he is, not us, but who he is in us, things alter. And that's the favor of God. Yes, it hurts. Yes, I cry, but the enemy can't have my soul. And you go in with that power, not because I've worked myself up to it, but because the Holy Spirit lives in me and I have that daily relationship with him. You have that daily relationship with him. Then you can walk into a situation and God says, say that, and you say it, and then it alters that many degrees. And that's on a different track. That's God. That's not us. That's God. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's supernatural. I want to know that. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Okay, I'll hurt, but there's a fellowship there. There's a togetherness there. Becoming like him in his death. Okay. And somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. We are made victorious. Don't let the enemy tell you, yeah, everybody, but you. That's a lie. You are victorious too. I know it hurts. I hurt. But we are victorious. And so I feel like I have a compound bow at home. I feel like I got two arrows I in particular want to shoot into your heart. First of all, is God asking you to do something new you've never done before? You can go to the last slide, sweetheart. Sorry. Is God asking you to do something you've never done before? Like me, you ain't got a clue what's going on, but you feel like you're just on the edge and he's asking you to do something. You're like, I don't think I want to get in the pool. I don't know. I don't know. Do it. If he called you to it, do it. That's my first arrow. Second arrow I want to shoot to your heart. Has the enemy been telling you lies about yourself and about your worth and that you don't belong? Get your shield up. Because if you belong to Jesus... That's not true about you. You get your shield up. That's my second arrow. If either one of those two things are you this morning, I love challenging people to be brave because I always feel like God is challenging me to be brave. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
if God is speaking to you, and I do not know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, either about being brave to go do something new or about lifting your shield up because you've been agreeing with what the enemy has said about you. If either of those are you and you want to say yes to God and no to the enemy, I present a challenge to you. I always think of it as kicking Satan in the teeth. I don't know why. I'm sure that's probably inappropriate, but kick Satan in the teeth and stand up. Like physically. God's asking you to do something new or you're sick and tired of being told you're worthless and you've agreed with it. If either of those two things are you, be brave and stand up. This is about bravery. I'll give you a chance. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This is not about me and it's not about your neighbor. A few more seconds. And if you're struggling right now, then it probably is the Holy Spirit pulling on you, just saying. If you feel totally peaceful, then you're probably right in the middle of living something new. Okay, I want to pray for you. God, you have called these people out. You have set your anointing on them. They are on the verge of a new beginning. They're tired of believing the lies of the enemy. And I pray, God, that right now that you would send a special anointing of your grace and your spirit that would fill them up to new levels of trust in you, that they would not be afraid. And that what the enemy is trying to tell them that they are, they would no longer believe it, no matter how truthful the enemy sounds. I pray that you would make them brave, brave like David again. Against Goliath, they will not be afraid that they will slay that giant. They will not be afraid. They will go in the armor of God and not the armor of man, that they would move in the spirit. And I pray, Father, that as they are brave and they step forward in Jesus' name and they call into existence the things that never were before because your spirit is in them, I pray, Lord, that they would have deep joy and victory as you call them out so that lives would be redeemed and the impossible will come into existence in Jesus Christ's name. We give you the glory, God. You deserve all the glory. We celebrate who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Crystal, thank you very much for bringing a word, a word from the Lord to challenge our hearts, a word from the Lord for us to to process a few arrows. Uh, thanks. I always like to say I step on toes. Thanks for step on toes a little bit. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't think France knows what they're getting. Really enjoy your personality and just your ability to communicate. Very gifted in that, and I thank you for that. Um, you walked and sat down. I'm make you stand up here because we like to pray for our missionaries before we uh, send them out. And so uh, we're going to do a couple of things in just a moment. We'll take up an offering uh, for Crystal to invest in her ministry in the future. Uh, but before we get there, I would just like to surround her in prayer as she goes. Uh, she's going to do God's work. And so I believe that as a church that we can pray for her. So if you guys can come forward, uh, step forward just a little bit so people can get around you. Lay your hands on. Megan, I'm going to ask you to lead the church in prayer today.
Father God, we thank you so much for Crystal, God, and we thank you for the call that you have laid on her life, God, and we thank you that she is answering that call, God, and she is going, she's going to France, and she's following you, God, and she's following uh, the path that you have placed before her, God. We ask that as she uh, as she prepares, as she uh, raises funds, God, uh, we ask that you would bless uh, her preparing God, but we also ask that you would bless her as she goes and as she is in France, God, and we ask that you would guide her and you would direct her each and every step of the way, God, each moment of every day as she is there, Lord, we ask that you would just be with her and that you would guide her, God. We ask that uh, you would speak to her very clearly, Lord, uh, as you have already told her, God, that you, she hears the voice of the Lord, God, and we thank you so much that she hears your voice, Lord. And we ask that you would bless her ministry as she is in France, God, as she is in Paris, and she's working in the red light district, and she's working with uh, women that are entrapped and uh, whoever she works with, God. We ask that you would bless that ministry, God. Uh, we we see that power that you have placed in crystal, God, and we thank you for that power, God, and we thank you for the work that you are doing in her and the work that you are doing through her, Lord, and we ask that you would just bless her ministry and we go with her, Lord. And, yeah, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll uh, take up the offering. I think Casey got the, the, the trays. I know this is three times. It's probably a record for us taking up offerings in church, but I've forgotten a couple times, so I'm just making up for it today. Um, you know. Father, we thank you for uh, just this opportunity today. We thank you for men and women who are willing to go. We thank you specifically for Crystal hearing the voice of God, buying the, the book, and seeing the sign, and being obedient to your voice. And God, we pray that uh, you would bless those who give in this offering. We pray that you would prepare. We pray your uh, provision for an apartment, a good place to live. We pray, God, that favor would go before her and come behind her. And we thank, we look forward to, God, the future reports of what you're accomplishing in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, ultimately, uh, I enjoy Sundays like today. It was just a great Sunday uh, celebrating who God is and what he's doing, uh, meeting a wonderful woman of God who is called by God to do his work, uh, looking forward to hearing what God is doing. So I'll just say the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you uh, just experience the freedom and the joy that comes through your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Be blessed.